We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, folks, what's good? We are back. Uh, Another episode of Ain't No Seats podcast. And, fellas, what a wild week it was. We started... uh, we started what Tuesday or Monday? We thought, hey, we can clinch by two Monday night or Tuesday night if Texas if Baylor loses and the Hawks win Tuesday. Uh, then by Saturday, none of that happened, and by Saturday, we're in overtime against Texas, begging for a Big Twelve title win. So, roller coaster of a week. We'll talk about all that, but first, wanted to announce something we have coming for you guys on Thursday. Uh, we will actually be at the college basketball experience um, doing a post-game show following the 2 o'clock game that the Hawks play in. Um, college basketball experience, if you're not familiar with them, they're the official Hall of Fame for men's college basketball. They've got dozens of basketball skill, over a dozen basketball skills challenges, including testing your knowledge of the game, plus the Hall of Fame located inside um, they're open every day in March until 6 p.m. PM, and they're open late until 8 p.m. on Thursday, um, Friday, the 10th and 11th. We'll be showing the game. They'll be showing the games on all of their TVs, which includes 16 by 9 video wall. And for anyone that mentions KCSN at the door, you will get $2 mm-hmm. off regular admission rates. So come see us on Thursday if you want. Uh, we'll be doing a post-game show from the College Basketball Experience. Tyshawn Taylor, who's a friend of the pod, has been on a few times, probably one of our most talked-about episodes. Uh, his plan is to be in the building and uh, just talk a little hoop. So it should be a good day. Sharon may stop by. We're working on that, too. Um, so it's going to be a fun day. March is here. We're all pumped, um, and it's going to be a blast on Thursday. But Fellas, like I like I said at the beginning of the show, I mean, what a wild week. Can you imagine if we played three games every week, let alone three games that mattered a ton? But when it's all said and done, the Hawks won the Big 12 championship. That's what Bill Self does. It's what he does. And after everything that happened, we're heading into March with a Big 12 title. B-turn. <laughs> we got to be satisfied with what this season became, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, yesterday was about as ugly as a game as you could play. I think both teams were low 30% from the field, and Ochai couldn't buy a bucket. He didn't make a field goal till like a few minutes left, and Dave was just like I – I don't know. It's like prisoner of the moment stuff, but I couldn't be happier for a player 
like like yeah. I am for Dave right now. Just seeing the emotions he played with and how happy he was. Like just he, I mean, Jalen was awesome, but it feels like Dave basically won us a Big Twelve title. And like you said, yeah. things got really nerve wracking this week. Texas played Baylor on Monday, and we needed Baylor to lose. It got tight at the end, and Baylor ended up finding a way, just like they did yesterday against Iowa State. But yeah, I mean, obviously super satisfying. Winning the Big Twelve is going to I mean, it's a huge selling point to get a one seed in March, so it's massive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right with the whole Dave thing. Like, we – I mean, the Dave saga has been wild. We've talked about it for years. Um, you know, our, our whole joke on the pod, I, I made a bet that I said if Dave wasn't a, a top 50 player, top 100 <laughs> player, I'd cut my foot off. And, like, at one point, like, we literally thought my foot was going to get cut off because Dave at times has looked like a total disaster. But – he also, what you saw yesterday, he can be as good. I mean, maybe this could be absurd, but like I think when he's at his best, he can be as good as pretty much any big in the country. I mean, maybe outside of Oscar and Kofi Coburn, but like Dave, when he's at his best, 19, what do you have yesterday? 19, 13, 22. something? 22. 22? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that dude is. The crazy part was. He really could have had 30. I mean, early on, he missed a ton of easy bunnies, layups. Like, he was – I think he was he was 6 of 13 from the floor. And, I mean, I think he missed like a 15-footer maybe, but a lot of those were around the rim. And he was 10 for yeah. 10 from the line. He's 16 for 16 from the line the last two games. And I think I wrote it down. He's like – he's 65 for his last 80 from the line. So, he's back to like that 80% mark that he was at last year. And he's just – yeah, I mean the dude's eighty percent from the line, but he's maybe like forty from one or two feet. So it's just <laughs> I mean, he's just so it's the Dave Dave McCormick experience. It's insane. I mean he, yeah, you're right. I mean he gets twenty two and ten. He could have had thirty and ten because I he at least missed three layups <laughs> and I think a dunk uh, in the first five ten minutes of that game. Um, remember that? Remember that play? He got fouled and tried to dunk it after the whistle and literally missed it. <laughs> No one was close yes. to him. Yeah. I mean, AB, I feel like uh, you've always got you, – you've got good Dave commentary on Twitter. Um, where are you at with Dave? I'm curious. You know, I go back and forth. We've talked a lot about point guard play. Some of our biggest concerns have been the play at the five. Like, are we believing in Dave going into March or are we just kind of – you know, roll the dice. We'll see what happens. Where do you stand on Dave? I mean, I don't think he can be your best player in March like he was yesterday. If you want to like yeah. make a run, but I don't think Ochai is gonna. I mean, we'll talk about it. I'm sure, but I don't think Ochai is gonna struggle again like he did last night. I mean, yeah. I, I just have seen it with Dave enough where we've had he gets a, he gets hot for a game or two, and then all of a sudden he disappears and he goes two of seven from three feet away. And so, I mean, I'm happy to see it. Don't get me wrong. And he was the reason we won yesterday. I'm just kind of wait and see mode to see if that's a consistent thing going forward or if he's going to, you know, kind of fall back again in a week or two and, you know, struggle yeah. to get to 10 points or 10 rebounds or whatever it may be. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. We can't, we can't rely on Dave to win us games like that in the tournament. Now I will say, I was going to ask you guys, you know, we, we've thrown out a lot of scenarios where it's like, would you rather win an ugly game where our shots aren't falling or would you rather win a shootout in March? Like, what do you prefer? Obviously, Bill Self is accustomed to the ugly, grinded out, close game. But to be honest, this team really hadn't – I don't know. We hadn't had that type of game where Oach 
couldn't make shots. I think the team has had games where they didn't make shots, but Oates did, which allowed us to, you know, steal some wins this year. Uh, yesterday we saw what it's like if this team just flat out really gets nothing from Oates. I mean, he had a bucket in overtime, but even like struggled defensively, struggled horribly on offense, shot wasn't falling on his senior day emotions. Thing you could just tell he was just I think Bill called it trying too hard, but I know it's a home game. You don't get to play home games in March, but I do think, you know, if if we were going to get tested in any way, I think that was a great way for that to all happen is one, you're playing in a super pressure packed game. Like it's when are you winning? You get the title losing. You don't. And it was Oates that didn't get the shot. So guys like Dave and that, we still got to talk about Jalen, but like Jalen was freaking awesome. So I felt good that we finally kind of, had a game like that where one of those two, three CB Oach Dave or CB Jalen Dave had to be the guy to make the plays. And I don't want to see it in March, but it's nice to know it is possible, you know, maybe in a second round sweet 16 game, those guys could grind it out. So, yeah, especially against a Chris Beard coach team. Like that's one of the best defenses in the country. So to win a battle like that is huge um, yeah. going into March and like just to find a way there, they, Scored, we scored two points in the final five minutes. I think it was – I don't even know what the score was at that point. But, um, yeah, it was just super ugly game. And like you said, we don't, we don't really get in games like that or at least win games like that. And also, I was going to say, someone tweeted at us yesterday about how we talk about how Allen Fieldhouse is going into overtime. Like, yeah. it's just like five extra minutes and there's that buildup where they probably play another video and things like that. So – I went back and looked at all the overtime games Bill Self's played in since he got to KU. He's he's twelve and two at Allen Fieldhouse in overtime games. So, which is insane. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows what OT is, but it's like a five minute period where the game's tied, and <laughs> so it's yeah, like I mean, that's insane to me. Both, I don't, I forget what years it was, but oh yeah, I know we lost one to Iowa State in like yeah. 05 or something. <clears throat> yeah, and then what was the other one? 2017 to Iowa State. So both to Iowa oh, State, but yeah. I was like, I was just sitting there trying to think like what, what games would we have lost in overtime at Allen? But it's like, they always seem to find a way. And usually that's it feels pretty, like we have a, that's an absurd stat. And usually it feels like we have a ton of momentum going into OT and yesterday we really didn't. And kind of no. Texas tech earlier this year too, which ultimately helped us win the big 12. It's like we couldn't no. score late in the Texas game and Texas tech game. And, they end up finding a way in overtime in both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know when we go to overtime, I immediately feel great. Like, I'm just like, all right, five minutes, got the crowd, you got Bill Self, you got guys that are used to this type of moment late in games. Our guys tend to just step up in overtime. And yesterday, I don't know. I mean, Texas missed a lot of shots, but we got stops. Um, we just – we really never did get going. And I was going to throw this trivia, little trivia for you, boys. I don't know if you've seen it. How many field goals do you think the Hawks made yesterday? Oh, my God. Hmm. 70 made, points. Pretty Texas simple. Made, Just, Texas made 21, but I feel like we shot a good amount of free throws. So, I'll say no. 19. I was going to say 22. 18. Good. Gets me turned. In we scored. Minutes, we, 45 minutes. we made eighteen field goals in forty-five minutes and won the game. Our player of the year candidate made one of them. Dave. So Dave made a third of our shots. 
I mean, I hope I'm not reading. I hope I'm not wrong on that. I read that like two hours ago. So, but I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm right. It is Crazy. fun to win win a grinded out game because I feel like we all know that's going to happen in March. Like think about 2012, the Purdue game in the second round. It's like how the hell did we escape that game? And then they go to the Natty, and I kind of was thinking it's- earlier that I feel like I have the same feeling about this team than this, like the one in 2012. Like, I feel like all of our fans were down on both teams going into the tournament. Like, I feel like 2012, you didn't really know what you were getting. Like, obviously, you had all Big 12 guys and T-Rob and Tyshawn, but you didn't really know what to expect from Elijah and Jeff and Relaford. And it's kind of the same with us. Like, we still have a couple – we still have a couple, like, all Big 12 performers, but it's like some games you don't know what you're going to expect from Dave and yeah. probably not Jalen, but it's just – I don't know if you guys agree with that, but I kind of feel like the expectations are the same because – both those, like 2012 and this year, are both going to be highly seeded teams. And I feel like our expectations, we just didn't know. And then 2012, Big 12 tournament, I think they lost in the they semi. They lost to nine. No, they lost to in the quarters against Baylor. Baylor. They were right? like a nine yeah. seed, the eight seed. It was bad loss. So, yeah, I think, I think people were down. Year. No, I think that you're thinking of a different year, right? That was like 09 or something. We lost to Baylor in the first round of the oh. Big 12. But I think, oh, I we think lost it was to Baylor. It was like the Friday yeah. early evening game. They had like Perry Jones, right? And yeah, they just, yeah. their zone just killed us. Yeah. Because yeah, they were sick okay. that year because that's when T Rob had that alley oop on that big mm-hmm. Monday game. Yeah. And, Baylor and so why were they the four seed? That's crazy. Mizzou was sick. I don't remember the three seed was, but was it yeah, not the semis? Because it was. Semis. I was wrong. Yeah. yeah I was thinking okay. of the, the 09 loss. Because Mizzou beat Baylor. Baylor, I'm pretty sure. But I don't know yeah. if you I don't know if you guys agree with that like that comparison because I guess T Rob was like a one of the best players like he was probably runner up for national player of the year so it's like you always had him and Ty but I feel like there were some question marks and like this team's highly seated like that team I just feel like our expectations aren't that high just because they're not as good as other KU teams yeah and There's I mean a lot you got similarities think- the bench stunk on both teams I mean if we can oh just say God. that like not getting much bench play. You got two studs that are pretty consistent and then three guys that can show out at times and can also fall asleep at times. So, yeah, definitely some similarities. But Yeah, and I think there's a lot of similarities to the 2018 team. I think I threw out a tweet about, hey, you know, after we lost TCU, I said something like, keep in mind the 2018 team lost by 18 points in their final regular season game on the road at a, I mean, not a great Oklahoma State team, um, which people were like, Doak and Devontae aren't walking through this door. And we'll get more to, like, the meltdown of that TCU game. We got a new little yeah. segment for you guys. But, you and, know, my thing my thing is – Sorry. What? No, go w- ahead. Weren't they saying, like – I saw – I was just going to talk about your tweet. Like, weren't they saying, like, there was nothing to play for and stuff yeah, like that? Which, but, like – Yeah, which is true, but – You still want to be peaking going into March. You don't want an embarrassing road loss. Yeah, I mean, getting – losing by 18 anytime with a Bill Self team. doesn't matter if you've wrapped up the league. That's – that's bad. So, yeah, my point was just like you don't have to. You, you can have a bad game in late in late in the season and still be okay. Um, and the 2018, I think people let 2020 doke really. I don't know. Make them forget how long it took doke to become 2020 doke. Like 2018 doke was good. But he had knee issues. We were playing Silvio a ton, who came at semester. Uh, 
And like, I don't know, Doak was not the Doak was a force, but he wasn't the most dominant big man in the country at all. And he was a huge liability at the free throw line. Couldn't even play him late in some games. So I don't know, like that team, that 2018 team just relied on really good guard play. And so when I think of a comparison, I like 2012 where the way you phrased it with like the expectations. But when I just think of style of play and way they're going to make a run is it's got to be like the 2018 team where the guards just, I mean, you got to get like a Malik, you're not going to get a Malik type performance, but if you can get Jalen and CB and we've said it a thousand times and Ochai all playing well together, like that team did with speed Malik. And honestly, Devonte really didn't even have that good of a March. I think people forget about that. Yeah. He was um, tired. Yeah, and that's the worry with Ochai, I think, this week, as we've seen. I was kind of going to bring that up, but, like, I don't know. I think there's similarities with with 2018, but that's a good good little segue. How worried are we about the Oach slump? Is it is he tired four games in, in what, a week? Uh, yeah. Or is it just – is it kind of good that he's going through a slump and we're hoping that he's, you know, heats up come come March? Um, yeah, I'm pretty worried. Um, he looks super tired, and he's been – I love Oach to death, but it's like he is a liability on the defense on defense right now. Like it's pretty it, – it's terrible almost. Yeah. And Bill <laughs> – Bill yesterday was so mad at him. Like he just yeah. kept looking well, – yeah, he, you... he kept looking at Coach T, and he's like, he's unplayable. He's awful. <laughs> like – and it's just like – have you guys seen his – what he is from the floor of the last four games. I know that he was like 12 of 39. He's something absurd. What is he? So Baylor, both TCU games and yesterday's 21 of 69, 30% from the floor. Yeah. Which maybe, maybe it's a good time to have a slump and now you get four days rest and you're not, we could lose Thursday. I'm not saying we're going to win, but you're going to have, not at, like you're not going to have that good of an opponent on Thursday. And it feels like the TCU and Texas matchups are super tough for him. Like they have a lot of length. They have a lot of athletic guys and they all defend like Texas was super good against Oach both games this year. He struggled at Texas and we almost won. And then yesterday they found a way to win. So yeah, I'm su- he just looks super tired. Like he's playing every minute and I don't like, but the crazy thing is, um, like just Bill talking about senior day, like a day before he was like, Oach is like the most conditioned, one of the most conditioned players we've had and one of the most conditioned in the country. So it's like, I don't know, maybe he's just gassed. Like he looks gassed and he hasn't really yeah. been great on defense all year. So it's like, I don't really yeah. know. I mean, he's putting in a ton of energy on offense. Like he's running around trying to get open. He's the center of attention for defenses. So. What do you uh, what do you think, AB? Are you kind of like worried that? I mean, I think there's a difference between it's totally fine to be gassed because you played three games in five days. Like that's except like I can live with that because now he gets four days off and he's you know rested by Thursday. Hopefully, we can take good care of a team on Thursday. Maybe he doesn't have to play forty minutes, thirty eight minutes. But I just hope like is it something where he's he gets these rests the next four days and he's fine. Or is it like just the entire season has finally started to weigh on him? I don't know. Where do you stand on it? AB? I wasn't as worried about it. Cause I kind of had the same mindset that he was just tired from the last week. Mm-hmm. But when you guys said that it started against Baylor, that's like before the four games in eight days. So to me, yeah. that wouldn't really be, unless it's like season long fatigue, which I guess it very well could be. 
But I mean, let's let's keep in mind he had 27 against Baylor, but right, he just didn't make shot. Yeah, points yeah. wise, he was still. And what do you have? 22 on Thursday, I want to say. 23. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. he's still putting up numbers. It's just not as efficient, I guess. But I don't know. I, I'm still going to try to trust the full season numbers and just expect that he's going to be fine. Get some time off here. Get some time off going into next week, and then hope for the best. And I mean, That's all you can really do, but. The dude was shooting like 50% from three, wasn't he? Like, we knew that was pretty tough to withstand, withhold for an entire season. So, like, I mean, I don't know what he ended up at, but probably mid-40s, low to mid-40s. Like, that's still an incredible season. So, I do think we just kind of saw a little bit of fatigue, a little bit of averages playing out. And, yeah, I still – look. Coach may miss a lot of shots, but if he's still getting you 20, we're talking about him slumping. That's what type of level he is. We're talking about him slumping. And in two of the four games we're talking about, he had 27 and 23. So, like, the dude is an absolute star. He's going to find ways to still get points other than yesterday, which I, I, I will put this out there right now. We will not have another game where Oach makes one basket the rest of the year. Just won't happen. Not I'll one. Cut he my foot make, off. He didn't, he didn't make one in regulation. Is the crazy yeah. thing. He needed OT to make a bucket, but yeah, I don't like even the Baylor game. He was eight of twenty-two, so it's not like he was terrible, and he still had like twenty-seven, like Rice said. But yeah. a tournament game, like just a tournament game where it's like a grinded out defensive battle, and Oach can't buy a bucket, just terrifies me because it's, it's like terrifying. I just worry about the other guys even like, getting good looks or creating shots or getting to the rim. I know Jalen's pretty good slasher, like getting to the rim, but it's like. And, and yeah, still with Oates, like a wide open three or wide open jumper still feels like a layup for him. So it's like if we can create wide open looks and Bill's obviously amazing at drawing up plays and things like that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's terrifying. And, you know, you can survive it when you have 16,000 on your side, you know, willing you on. We always say when you're a one seed, your your superstar is going can't buy a basket and you're all of a sudden you're down seven, eight, nine, now that building that may be full of half a Kansas fans, well, now the entire other half, even if they're not cheering for the team you're playing for, they're going to turn on you and they're going to start cheering for that upset. So, yeah, I mean, obviously we can't have Oach have eight. I think he ended up with eight, eight and six, like eight. still, I mean, he contributed, but uh, you can't have Oach have a game like that in March. And, you know, if he does, we'll lose and we'll know exactly why we lost. And so if, there, if it was going to happen any time, it's better to happen in the regular season and it's even better to happen in a win. Like the fact that we won is just crazy. I'm not too worried about him. I don't think fatigue. I think he's the type of guy. I think you said it B turn like Bill said, he's incredibly conditioned. You just look at the guy. He just looks like he's in the best shape in the world, but you know, playing that many games in a row is going to be tough and you're traveling, you're doing all that. Like it's just, it's grueling. And I think by Thursday, he should be fine, which then he's going to play three straight, hopefully. So we'll see. But wanted to uh, throw a little stat out to you guys. Saw this on Twitter. It's, you know, we just have to flex on Bill Self a little or flex for Bill Self a little bit. Bill Self has coached a team in conference for 20, in a conference for 25 years. He coached Tulsa in the Western Athletic, he coached Illinois in the Big Ten, he coached Kansas in the big 12 and here are his finishes in those 25 years three one 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 two two one 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 
one, one, three, one, two, one. I don't know if I got all the ones, but it's like when you see it laid out like that, it is laugh out loud funny. That sounded like a like an automated voice message thing, like a voicemail thing. Three, one. Um, dude, yeah. He's a robot, dude. That's the thing is like those, I guess a lot of KU fans don't even think those matter is the funny thing. Yeah. Just because he doesn't win natties, but it's like, and we always, and I guess I always say, but it's like an 18 game conference where you're playing nine games on the road. It's like, that is a huge sample size compared to just like a one and done NCAA tournament. Yeah. Yeah. And for him to win, he won 14 in a row at one point. He's won, he's won a couple in the last few years, but yeah, it's just like, he's such a great, I mean, he's amazing. Like just developing guys and in game situations like we always brag about him out of timeouts and play like drawing up plays and things like that like he's just he's amazing and it's like when you do that like when you finish like you just said one 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 like you finish one in the conference every year like you're gonna give yourself a shot to win natties and we talk about this on the pod all the time like the more chances bill gets to win natties eventually he's gonna come through it's like you gotta you get your team a one or two seat every year like we read all like once we get our one seed in the tournament or two seed in the tournament, there's going to be someone that tweets all the seeds he's been at KU. And it's like, if you're a one or two seed every year, you're going to give yourself a great chance to win a natty. I know he's only won one, but it's like, who really is winning them consistently? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it does suck for Bill. I've always said this. Like if, if college basketball was like college football and there's the top four teams went to a playoff, Bill Self would be Nick Saban. Like the way he, I mean, you get Bill Self to a college football playoff every year, essentially, he's going to win a lot of national titles. It's just the NCAA tournament is freaking hard. And there's, I want nothing more in the world than Bill Self to get a second title because I think once he does, you start comparing two titles with the conference titles. And all of a sudden, like his resume is, it's absurd. Like, um, and I mean, one there's two i get stressed because it's like bill's what 60 59 60 um so at best if you if he coaches to coach k he he coaches 15 more years i think it's more likely we get him for 10 more years um so it is like you you start to get stressed like the clock's ticking but like you said if you get a one and a two seed every year you're you're in the game. You have a shot. It just takes a string of three good weeks to make it happen. And uh, yeah, I'm just glad he's our guy. And I'm glad that we do always go into March. Even like last year, we found a way to we didn't find a way to talk ourselves into a natty, but we found our way to talk ourselves into like a a crazy final four run. It was like if Gonzaga gets upset somehow. Like we could beat whoever in Elite Eight. Like I don't know. I just love that. No matter what, Bill's got you. There's always hope. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just wanted I mean, to. Him him never being worse than a four seed and not missing the tournament is insane to me. Like, just think about even the Blue Buds. Like, Kentucky's missed the tournament a couple times. Duke was going to miss the tournament in 2020. UNC's missed the tournament a couple times. And, like, they've been – we played them in the second round as, like, an eight or nine seed. So, it's like those teams have been seeded low sometimes and – Duke's missed the tournament, Kentucky, UNC, like Michigan State hasn't won a title since 2000. And Bill makes it every year. January, February, as well. <laughs> Bill makes it every year. And it's like, if you're not worse than a four, I feel like it's easy to talk yourself into a natty because yeah. we've seen what can happen in the tournament. Like we've seen a UConn Butler NCAA title game. We've seen yeah. 
heartbreaking, but VCU made the final four. So it's like, if you're not, it's just, I don't know, like not being worse than a four seed in 20 years or he's close to 20 years as a coach at KU is just insane to me. And he hasn't missed the tournament one time. Like, and it hasn't, it hasn't even been in the discussion. Like there hasn't even, I don't think there's ever been a point where I've watched KU and he's been here where it's like, damn, we cannot miss the tournament or we can miss well, the tournament. It's like, According to the Twitter timeline, after our Tuesday loss to TCU, we were on the bubble. But, uh, you know, Let's you're right. Other... I'm so excited for that. <laughs> you want to get into that? Oh, bad. Uh, so, also, yeah. Let... Can I say one more thing about Bill? Yeah. I think Scott Chasen tweeted it every year, and we see it mostly every year. But as many Big 12 titles as home losses Stupid. at KU. That's Stupid. I, I truly think Bill is going to be one of those guys that once he's gone – you start to appreciate how absurd. Like, I don't think people grasp how absurd he is until I think, like, when he's gone, you just see all these stats laid out and they're constantly being talked about. I don't know. It's it's crazy. But let's get into uh, – we talked Big 12. We won the Big 12 title. Saturday was great. We had a little party in Allen Fieldhouse after senior night speeches. Everyone was happy. But you rewind that clock a little bit, that that week, that calendar, and you go to Tuesday, and fellas, the freaking earth was ending. The yep. Hawks, the fan base was melting down. Like, I mean, it's we melt down quite a bit, but boy, Ooh. was Twitter insane. I mean, it was a night, it was it was disappointing. And I think we all said it. It was like, man. You come out, all you got to do is win a road game at TCU. At that point, felt like a fringe NCAA tournament team. Um, it's like you come out and you lay an egg like this. You look this bad. And I think what I – and AB, I think you and I both kind of agreed on this. I think by the end, after time had settled, had been we'd seen the whole game. I think me and you both agreed like, yeah, bad game, but we still kind of feel how we felt before we play like we played at TCU, yeah, we can lose in the second round. But if we don't, we can still make a Final Four. Like, it wasn't like anything major really changed. We just saw what our fears have been coming to life. And so we already knew this. And so I think we all, AB, I'll let you talk on it a little bit. I felt like after the game, we all kind of quickly got over it, said, hey, worst case scenario, we're fine. Let's move on. I mean, is that is that fair? Yeah, I mean, all it took was a couple spin zones in our group chat to kind of get back on board. But, I mean, I don't think any of us have, like, seriously really thought of this team as, like, a national championship shoe-in or anything like that. So, I mean, just everything we've talked about for the last month, it feels like, obviously, when it all happens at once, I think you tweeted that. This is everything that we've been talking about happening at the same time. And no. the fact that we were still in that game with a minute to go, <laughs> yeah. down by four, whatever it was, like mm -hmm. that kind of says a lot like that almost made me feel better in a way even though that was almost like the worst possible game i think this team can play um, yeah now following it up on thursday against tcu even though we won that almost made me just hope that tcu is just a nightmare matchup for us because we i mean the result was different because we won but it was tight the whole game and so i i don't know but yeah, yeah. i it just i can't wait to get to the overreactions from people on twitter because and it was my favorite night of the year, even though it was like it was me laughing to not be sad. But boy, could I not stop. And also, like you said, TCU was a fringe tournament team. So it's like they're we were playing to wrap up the Big 12, at least a share. But it's like they're playing for a lot, too. And yeah. like you said, I really do think it is a nightmare matchup. Like they're just insane on the glass. And and think about at TCU, like I can't even think of one guy who was good the whole night for us. 
No, and like you said, a... there was a there was a chance late, and we missed a couple front ends, which could have ended up being four points. Jalen Coleman Lance pulled up from three quarters court, <laughs> and shot a three, and almost killed someone in the stands when it was still in reach. But it's like, yeah, Thursday night, Mike Miles was not good at all, and they were in it. And I was kind of, I, at one point, it's like it's like eleven or twelve minutes left. I looked, and KU was a one point favorite. So it's like, I was yeah. super nervous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems like a tough matchup and shit. We might see him again on Friday. Yeah. I don't want that. And I think, yeah, I think it, it took us a while to really realize, like at first it just felt like, God, oh, we suck. We, we, we're, we look awful. But then as you watch two straight games against TCU, it was kind of just like, yeah, this team is a nightmare for us to play against. So I felt better about it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But let's get into our segment. Uh, our new segment is Meltdowns of the Week by our fan base. I just named that on the spot. We can we can workshop that. Uh, but here we go. Here's some that I screenshotted. And uh, <laughs> I'll present mine, and then you guys can present yours. Here's the first one. We're not going to oh. say who tweeted them. Don't do that. Just Let's just go off what they said. So... This person responded to someone's tweet, said, Team won't sniff another natty until self is gone. Been a huge fan for 25 years, but it's the reality. His system is outdated, and he's too stubborn to adapt or play the best players. Lightfoot and Harris aren't Final Four caliber. Okay. Little overreaction. Do we want to like, go, like rotate through? Do you want yeah, me to yeah, do yeah. one? Yeah, Let, yeah. Okay. Let's rotate. You go. Right. You go ahead, Ab. So this one's a two-parter from same. <laughs> I'm not going to name the name, but uh, this one really caught my eye. Um, <laughs> quote: Until self stops licking Wilson and Harris's, <laughs> will continue to struggle. They both suck. <laughs> this team. Self has no effing clue how to coach this team, and it's effing March. Hashtag KUB ball. <laughs> Thanks for saying effing after dropping a hard F right before. I didn't that. want to say it like seventeen times in a row. <laughs> Felt one one time was good enough. I, I did. Uh, I did see that one. That mm-hmm. was that was good. B turn. Um, this one's just funny to me because I just feel like when we lose game, like especially for me, like when we lose games, my head is like just like the worst thoughts are going through my head, and this guy is just all over the place. He says. Okay, so we lose at TCU. He goes, season's over, in my opinion. I'm not kidding. Probably kill TCU in two days. Scrape out an ugly one against a Texas. Get ass embarrassed in Big 12 title game. Two seed. Probably Sweet 16 if we get an okay second round matchup. Then lose to a way better team. 
Back to the drawing board, Bill. I mean, that one, that's not even that bad. Like, I almost respect the guy for – because truly, that's somehow sometimes how I feel about this team. Like, I love that – He went from seasons over to – Breaking down every NCAA tournament game. Every game the rest of the year. Wow, those were good. I mean, I kind of just – going. I've got two oh, more. That I've got more. But yeah. none that – I mean, those were – I mean, you guys found some classics. I just liked some of the ones that were, uh, you know, pretty simple. This guy just comes with a meh. This doesn't matter. This team's not making it to the second weekend anyways. Just don't have enough talent. And then I just really liked that this guy said, I'd be pleased with the second round at this point, much <laughs> less second weekend. This guy just wants a win over a 16th seed. And he's good. Scrape one out as a 26-point favorite on Thursday <laughs> <laughs> He's we're cutting down nets after a first round win over a 16 Jacksonville State. Yeah, I just love how we went in that game of one seed and come out begging for a second round. God, mm-hmm. fan base is incredible. Okay, go ahead. AB. This one might be my favorite one. I don't want you guys to beat me to it, so I'm going to skip to it. <clears throat> Quote: There's a better chance of Putin winning a Nobel Prize <laughs> or Peace Prize this year than KU making it out of the first weekend of the NCAA's. <laughs> I had that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, speaks for itself. Uh, timely with the things going on in the world, but wow. Really hit him in the sweet spot. Yeah, um, he, he hit all areas. I've already sent this into our group, so we've all seen it, but might be just the best tweet in the history of the app. Like, it's up there. Like, at least for KU, KU basketball-wise. Um. Dude, well, it doesn't even—it doesn't even have to do with like Ku melting down. But the dude said, "Bro, come see me when you're donating at the level I am. I expect performance for my investment. No different than my financial portfolio." <laughs> Just trying to flex on everybody while melting down about the Hawks because he donated twelve bucks to the Williams Fund last month. I expect 18-year-olds to go off and be perfect every night because I donate money to KU. My favorite part about that is he's like, I expect a return on my investment. Like, dude, it doesn't matter if KU wins the Natty. You're not getting a return on your investment. If we do good, you're just going to spend more money on the Hawks. Like, you can't. Donating money to a college program is not getting you a return, I guess, emotion-wise. But, yeah, you – I mean, you just – that one takes the cake for me. I mean, it's just an all-time flex, um, an all-time weird, like, just the way he laid that all out had me literally laughing out loud when you sent that in the group chat last week. Um, uh, KU needs a players-only meeting was a good one, too. Just hey, it's like it's based off one loss. People forget we, uh, we had a players-only meeting in 08 at Henry T's. The fellas ate some wings, and next thing you know, they rattle off like 12 straight to win a natty. Um, <laughs> Until Self stops licking Wilson and Harrison balls. <laughs> that one. That one's tough, too. That one's a good one. <laughs> Meanwhile, Wilson literally leads us to a Big 12 title along with Dave on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like, just shows how much can change. I had a few other ones, but they mostly I, – I wanted to say them just because, like, this one was simple, but Kansas is the most – overrated top 25 team at best they're a four seed but honestly they're really a five to a seven seed like i just love when we lose logic just goes out the door 
Like this guy moved us down six seed lines because we lost one game to an NCAA tournament team. So those obviously aren't as favorite, yeah. <laughs> those aren't as funny as your guys's, but it like it's like I think that guy was dead serious. Like mm-hmm. I think he all was these dead people serious. are. <laughs> he thinks we're a seven seed in the tournament because we lost to TCU. Um, man. Someone I almost tweeted, want the Hawks to lose more games so we can do more of these segments, but go ahead. Yeah, there's there's someone else that tweeted we really shouldn't be above a five seed in the tournament. It's like, <laughs> do you like do you not pay it do you pay attention or I remember when we lost to Baylor a few years ago, someone on Jayhawk Slant like made a uh thread that said this th- this team is in danger of missing the tournament. It's like yeah, and yeah. <clears throat> I got no oh, yeah. for that one, but I just I I don't think there was a chance we could miss the tournament, but like the craziest thoughts go through our fans' heads when we lose games, and we only yeah. lose like what probably four or five a year on average. So it's <laughs> yeah. like when we lose, it's the it is the world is ending. Yeah, I mean, even like when I we talked earlier about how I tweeted about the 2018 team, like people were saying like horrible comparison. 2018 team would t- cook this 2022 version. I really, honestly, I don't know how you guys go. I don't think so. I think it'd be a decent game. Those people, um, the only thing they remember about that season is how it ended, not the first five months of that season where they were, at times, a very average basketball team. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's... Yeah, they said that team would beat this team by 30. Um, I don't think that would happen, but uh, yeah. I mean, you love our fan base because we're as passionate as it gets. Like, people just live and die by what the Hawks do. But boy, I hope this segment puts things in perspective and makes you realize like maybe I should not fire off that meltdown tweet after loss. I mean, I do that quite a bit. I'll just put my phone away and I'll just like throw something on Netflix just because I'm like, I don't want to tweet any. I mean, I would never tweet anything like that, but I don't even want to tweet anything close to that meltdown status. If I'm going to melt down, I'm going to text you guys (laughs) and uh, melt down with you. So yeah, fun stuff, fun segment. Let's hope we don't have to do it again. But I have a bad feeling we're going to be bringing that back after a uh, an old March Madness loss. Can so, I segue I mean, to something that has to do with people melting down really quick? Yes. I don't know if you had it on your little list of things to talk about, but can we lay off Dewan Harris a little bit, please? He had two bad games shooting the basketball, and we had just said, all we need from him is to distribute and get the ball to better shooters, which we have on the team. He doesn't have to score 15 points a game, hit a couple shots, be a little bit of a threat, pass the ball, play good defense. Even against TCU, everyone wanted him cut. He was seven assists, no turnovers. I know he had some issues. Maybe he didn't defend as well as we'd want to. But, like, let's just remember who Dewan Harris is. Like we said two weeks ago on the pod, on the video that we tweeted out as our promo, He's not supposed to be the guy leading our team in scoring. He's supposed to get the ball to the other guys. And if they're struggling, maybe it does make him look worse. But, like, let's just – let's slow the roll on him a little bit because he's still our point guard. He's still going to be starting. still going to play 35 minutes a game. Like, don't freak out on him for having a game or two that wasn't as good as it had been, you know, the first few months of the year. That's all I have to say on Dwight. I love I'm it. backing him up. And the, I love it. our fans bitch and cry about him not being a scorer. And when he doesn't score, they still bitch. It's like, you know what he is. Yeah. Like he's a great defender. He's has an amazing assist to turnover ratio. <laughs> Yesterday he was unreal. I don't know if you guys paid it like closely awesome. paid attention to him guarding, but he was really good. Like, and he, he won us the game I mean, on Thursday. That Thursday yeah. block on Miles, which I don't know what TCU was doing, um, <laughs> going for a two there, but like incredible defensive play. 
Um, and uh, AB, I absolutely loved your tweet Thursday that said just, and I think we've reached our cussing limit on this episode, but uh, I think it just said, uh, Dewan Harris would like you all to kindly shut the F up. Like mm-hmm. it was just so, such a good response by him after the full on meltdown on Tuesday. Sound like we, we, we even talk about that. He said in post game that Bill called him a word he can't repeat. Um, I would assume that word starts with a B or a P, one of the two. Um, but it worked. And, like, you love that out of your guy. And you know Bill did that on purpose. Like, he knew Dewan could handle that and would respond, <clears throat> and he did. So, yeah, he, I'm fine. I feel fine about Dewan. I, I don't yeah. want him to play like he did against Baylor and TCU those first two times. But I'm not – that's not what worries me the most about this team anymore. There's There's plenty of areas. So, all right. I try to get that off my chest. I love it. Um, okay, I want to do bracketology in a little bit and a little Big 12 preview, but I got one thing for you, AB. Um, what about this saying? January, February, Hubert Davis. Oh, my God. We, I was hoping we'd talk about this. this can we got to talk. We got to talk night. about what an all-time night. No, no, be, be, quiet. be quiet. Let me talk. No, no. Let me talk. <laughs> Coach K losing that his final sucks. home game is one of my favorite moments, non-KU sports moments maybe ever. And, like, my girlfriend thought I was an absolute psychopath. Like, she was like, you have <laughs> no heart. You want this poor old man to lose his last home game? I was like, I've never wanted anything That's more really. in my life. Like, really. they got pumped late in that yeah. game. Like, yeah. they didn't even have a chance to win. And it's just perfect. Perfect. Because, I mean, you see Roy Williams leave the way he did. He uh, he just left. Like, he he did a press conference. He, he cried. He thanked his players. It was great. It was good. It's typical Roy. And then Coach K just does the polar opposite. Sets up a, a, a farewell tour. Um, the rumor was he was mad at UNC that they didn't honor him at their first game in Chapel Hill. Uh, the coaches don't shake hands with uh, Hubert Davis after the game like Coach K did, but like Chris Carwell, like dude, that that team, that that program is so hateable. And I hope, like John Shire, seems like a fine dude. I don't hate that guy like I hate Coach K, but like I hope, I hope that program <laughs> is in shambles in five it's- years when we're on this podcast talking. Dude, I was going to say earlier in the episode, like we could just have a whole nother episode talking about just Duke as a whole and yesterday because that was so awesome. Like I think in our like in the back, we talked about I know I tweeted about them losing potentially and you tweeted about hopefully Coach K's uh, last home game getting spoiled. But it's like that was so perfect, dude. 11 point (laughs) favorite. Those dorky ass fans paid thousands and thousands of dollars to go into Cameron Indoor and watch them lose to their biggest rival. Like the biggest rivalry yeah. maybe in sports. And it wasn't close at the end of the game. And no, Coach yeah, K, yeah, I mean Coach K's yeah. just instilled that like I don't want to be this big of a hater, but it's like he's instilled that just biggest loser corny. Like, I just poor call loser it corny. mentality into his coaches. Like you can't even <clears throat> look at the other coaches in their eyes when you're walking through the line because you're so butthurt and then just freaking panning through the fans in the crowd and they're just crying and shit. Like that was and to make it even better, a hundred other dorky former flopping players, <laughs> pl- old former players were in the crowd to watch it. 
That was awesome. It was. Dude, the fact that they had to have, like, ESPN didn't have something else scheduled, and it was just 20 minutes of close-ups of Duke fans crying, like, it was so good. I tweeted like it was an office, like it was like Michael Scott, if if Michael Scott was planning his farewell tour from Dunder Mifflin. Like, this is how it would have gone. Like, it was just such a clown show watching these people cry in the stands as they set up chairs for in a podium for people to come speak about Coach K after he just had the most embarrassing loss probably of his career. Like, and I said it, and I don't know if this is why they lost, but I, I think it's partly. Like, you put so much pressure on a group of pretty much 18, 19. I mean, Duke's a young team. So 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds are playing for – this 75-year-old's biggest game, it's an absolute just circus before. Like, that's so much pressure for young kids, and there's no doubt in my mind that team was tight as can be, and there's nobody that did that besides Coach K. He asked for this. He could have just not told a soul he was leaving. He could have internally told Shire, hey, you're the guy. I don't know. I don't know. Just the way this is all handled set them up for that loss, and I love it. And like you said about the pressure, like on those players, it was insane. I know both of you guys were at Allen yesterday, but during the game, like there's a minute left. The game is tied. KU. And they're doing like a split screen of Coach K, like walking through the tunnel and shaking hands with everybody and starting to give like a little pregame speech. I'm like, we got a top seven team in the country right now. I guess the top 20 team in the country right now tied at Allen Fieldhouse. If ESPN was so worried about it, schedule that shitter at like 530 or 6 instead of yeah. at 5 o'clock when no game ever starts on time in college basketball. But I was mad at it when it was happening. Looking back, now that they lost, it just adds to, like, the excitement or the happiness like that they lost Dude. because there was just so much buildup for that game. They literally mentioned it every time out of commercial that KU Duke – or, sorry, Duke and Carolina was following that game. Like, out I of mean, the first TV timeout, 16 minutes left in the first half, they're like, oh, and don't forget, here in about two hours, oh, we got Duke oh. and Carolina for Coach K's final game. It – it was a perfect storm because one, like us going to overtime took away from Coach K getting the full shine, the full screen. We took that away from him. And then for them to lose, it was just like if I would have wrote down that morning and someone said, hey, write down best case scenario for this day, <laughs> that's what I would have wrote down. So, uh, I mean, if, if you didn't immediately think about Ryan Reinhardt after Duke lost, then you're wrong. Because I mean, this, I guy, gotta... this guy's been, I feel like he's almost the leader of pointing out the stupid shit Coach K's done like the last – since we started the pod at least. But it's like Mm -hmm. I feel like people didn't really recognize it or notice it, but I feel like Ryan's kind of been the guy that almost started that, at least through KU Twitter. And like when Ryan tweets about Duke, like people love it. (laughs) You've changed my mind on it too because I remember when we first started the pod, we were kind of going back and forth between who we hated more between Cal and K. And at that point, I I was – I hated Coach Cal. Oh, my God. And I still don't love the guy. But then you started, like, talking about Coach K, and I started following it a little bit more and, like, seeing the stupid stuff that he would do. And it's not even close anymore. Like, I don't think it's even a debate to talk about who's cornier, who's more annoying, who's a bigger douchebag than (laughs) Coach K. Yeah. I mean, that's what – and I, like – I think I started noticing this in, like, 20 – 13 14 15 like it drove me nuts growing up you have this this thought of like oh coach k is just a class act he's the he's the ultimate role model he's all for the kids and you just listen to the guy talk and he's just not and his actions prove 
time and time again, he's not. He's about himself. And yeah, I I think that may be the best compliment ever anyone's ever given me, B turn, to say that I'm the leader of the charge of uh just outing K for the things he does wrong. Like he does a lot of things that I don't think get talked about of where he's just a total prick. Like that's all it is. <laughs> there all there is to it. Um, word. So yeah, I mean I mean we, he's, uh, one of the, he's one of the goats. He's won five natties. Like there's a reason it was that big of a day, but it's like and he probably has a right to be, but it just feels like he just thinks he's so entitled and can just do whatever the hell he wants. Like Going to going to opposing crowds and telling them what to do. He like he stopped he told, Dylan Brooks in the yeah. middle of a handshake line to tell him what he did wrong in an NCAA tournament game. Like for, that he like just he, lost. Like Dylan Brooks just won. Let the dude celebrate and have fun. And Coach K is lecturing him. Like he just beat you, dude. He doesn't need your advice. And also all these instances, he's doing it to like twenty year olds. It's like think about like they're college kids that just have fun. Like the students are probably hammered. Like the students yeah. getting mad at are probably a lot of them are probably drunk, like just having fun. It's like, imagine yeah. when we were 20 or like when Coach K was 20. It's like, how do you yeah. just, just the dude is just a fun sucker, literally. <laughs> Remember when he yelled at the student section because he thought they were chanting something negative at Jeff Cable and uh, he's he yelled one of over, us. He's one of us. He's one of us. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turned out he was wrong. He, he he had to like apologize. And then I remember I texted you guys, and this is a sensitive subject, but I said like, guys, Coach K is gonna he's gonna blame this on Kobe's death. He's gonna claim the reason he's been so mean this year was because of Kobe's death. Two weeks later, he did it. Like the <laughs> guy, he blamed him yelling at a bunch of eighteen year olds on an NBA player passing away. Like that is Coach K in a nutshell to me, um, and I don't know. I'm sh- obviously Kobe's death affected Coach K. I don't want to act like it didn't, but I just thought that was such a low move of him to just not own up to your mistakes. Say I was out of my mind, and uh, that was wrong. Instead, he had to blame it on something like that. So didn't, didn't he uh, withdraw Duke from the tourney a few years ago when they weren't going to make it? Uh, no, it was during COVID. He like. Like, uh, it was before the conferences started, like, canceling stuff and before the NCAA had canceled the tournament. And he, like, I don't know if it was him directly or if it was Duke Athletics in general, but they basically said spring sports are, like, canceled from here on out, like, yeah. two weeks before Selection Sunday was supposed to be. All-time, all-time lines when Coach K yes, last year when his team stunk was like, ah, I think we need to cancel the season. I think we really need to think about uh, what we're putting these kids through. And Nate Oates gets asked about it in post game, and Nate Oates <laughs> is like, uh, "You think Coach Cade want to cancel the season? Had he not just lost back to back home games by double digits?" And the reporter was like, "Probably not." No, and Nate Oates was like, "Yeah, thank you, exactly," and like just moved on. Like I just even like coaches nowadays, where I think they used to all kiss his feet and love him. Now I think they're all kind of seeing the just bogusness <clears throat> of that dude. Did you um and also he doesn't get like people refuse to dog on him for losing early in the tournament or not winning with a lot of talent. Like for some reason, and maybe it's because like we're local and we see tweets from people around here, but like Bill Self gets this like choker label and Yeah. But like Which... Coach K has had so like you tweeted the list of players he's had and lately like he's had some superstars like and he's lo- like yeah. he's lost in the first round as a two seed and yeah, it's like he just like people refuse to 
discredit him at all. That shit is just like super annoying to me. Yeah. And did you see the did you see the Joey Baker thing yesterday? Yeah, I can't figure out if that's real criticism or not. So like he apparently Joey Baker's a senior, but since he might come back, Duke didn't allow him to do a senior night speech. Um, so everyone was like, why did Coach K, why was he the only one that spoke? Like this is a senior night too. But apparently they just told like, but like now if Joey Baker decides to just graduate and move on. He doesn't get to have a senior night speech. Like, I love that KU just lets Dave give a speech yesterday because, what, worst case scenario is Dave gives two speeches or, I don't know, doesn't give one next year. It's like, just let the guy speak, and if he comes back, who cares? It's going to be okay. Um, But, yeah, I get it. That just – maybe Joey Baker said, no, I'm good. I don't need a speech. I'll I'll be back. I don't know. but No, but also he didn't didn't play him a minute. He didn't play a second. Yeah. And supposedly Coach K like burned his red shirt when he was a freshman and played like three games the whole year. And then yesterday, yeah. like even when they were getting blown out late, like I know he might come back, but it's like at least sneak him in there for a minute or let him yeah. Chris Tehan played for what, two or three minutes? Yeah, he played two minutes, solid basketball. Um so know. yeah. I I'm I'm happy I did not forget to bring up Coach K because there's Duncan on that man. It was an all time Twitter night, just so many good tweets. I don't, you, nothing will make me giggle more than just calling Coach K Coach L. Like, just such a simple joke, but calling him Coach L is just uh, huge. And oh, we have breaking, breaking news, news. From, from our producer, Ochai Abaji, named Big 12 Player of the Year, which we knew that was coming. But what I love the most about this is he is now guaranteed a spot. Up in the rafters at Allen Fieldhouse. That's awesome. I don't think he really had any competition for this. Like, I, I'd be curious to see if he's unanimous. unanimous but uh, yeah, that's awesome. Well deserved. Shout out, shout out to Ochai. Oh yeah, unanimous. You love to see it. Um, shout so, out Tucker. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. Love to break the old news on the pod. So, uh, I mean, Guy's struggled lately, but he's been freaking money all year, and I tweeted it against TCU on Thursday night. I don't know how you guys feel, but it's like I personally thought Oach was gone, and I tweeted, like, what would our record be without him? Like, would we be – I don't know what we – because, like, Remy came in, didn't do much. It's like we would really have to rely on CB and Jalen being awesome every single night. And I don't even – like, what what would your – like, if Ochai didn't come back – what would your like like what do you think our seed would have been or like what do you think how many more losses would we have had I guess I think we're like a four or five seed go ahead AB I was just gonna say it I feel like we're having a lot of different conversations if that one thing changes because I kind of think it's a different Remy that shows up because he's probably getting more shots more part of the offense more relied on to score points um, I just think a lot changes if that one thing doesn't you know oh try yeah. doesn't come back but I mean you're probably right I don't think we're talking about a Big Twelve championship and potential one or two seed in March and hopefully a final four run. I mean, Bill would have found a way to have us win in close games. CB Jalen would have had a little better numbers. Maybe Jalen Coleman lands has a better year, but yeah, I mean, Ochai is fully responsible for the fact that we have a little bit of hope that this team can make a run in March and you having a guy like that makes it possible. So shout out to him. It's, it's so awesome that he's going to have his Jersey retired and who would have, ever saw that coming um wow all right yeah that's 
I mean, just a super awesome story. Like, yeah, KC really kid, low recruit, not very sought after. Comes to KU, thought about leaving, comes back. Unanimous Big 12 player of the year, one of the best players in the country. Going to be a guaranteed first rounder, maybe Lotto. And he's going to yeah. be up there forever next yep. to like some of the best players to ever come here. That's yeah. awesome. It's, it's incredible. Um, we've got, I mean, we've, we've got on a while here. The coach K rant took about 15 more minutes than I planned, but let's, uh, I don't know. You guys want to talk big 12 tournament or bracketology? I feel like bracketology at this point is pretty obvious, right? We, we got to win. Kinda, we can kind of tie it in together. It's just, you win yeah, the tournament, yeah, yeah. you're a one seed. You don't, so, maybe a loss in the title, you get one, but. Yeah, I think if we win the tournament. We're getting a one seed, unless I mean, if Auburn wins tournament, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It depends on what Baylor does, but yeah, it, it feels like we kind of control our destiny when it comes to a one seed. So, in order to get there, uh, the brackets out. We're either gonna play Thursday against uh, K State, who's given us a tough game in Manhattan, but then we smoked them, and then West Virginia, who. We took pretty easy care of, but K State's absolutely reeling last uh, these last few weeks. They've lost five straight. You guys have a preference on who we see Thursday? K State, please. <laughs> really? Oh my god, it'd be fucking awesome to end Bruce Weber's career. <laughs> and how electric have both games been? I know the second one wasn't close, but our offense was so fun to watch. And I feel like in the second half in Manhattan, the offense was amazing too. And K State's had some great performances too. So it would be electric and. Yeah. Just the Sprint Center would be awesome too. Well, I just kind of feel like T-Mobile. that Thursday game when we're one seed. It's, I mean, I know we've lost a couple of them, but they were very weird circumstances, like Josh Jackson not playing or whatever. But yeah. like, it's usually just kind of like a rollover. You pay attention a little bit, but you know you're going to win. You're more focused on Friday, Saturday, looking ahead to yeah. the NCAA tournament. If you play K State in that game in Kansas City. Bruce Weber's it final adds, game, probably. Like, it adds a lot more excitement, build-up, yeah. and just the reaction after the game is more fun because you like True. beating those guys. So, beat absolutely. Because we beat West Ball, like, are we really going to care about that game? Yeah, no. And so, yeah, it's a good point. Um, but really, like you said, where it gets where it gets serious is Friday, we could see just, again, TCU, Texas, Um I think we've seen this year that neither of those teams are a great matchup for us. Um, it's going to be a huge test, obviously, to get to that, what we hope to see, Baylor-Kansas final. Um, assuming we get past K-State or West Virginia, where do we lean? I think the obvious choice is to say you'd rather see TCU than Chris Beard in Texas, but also TCU yeah. is a bad matchup. I still take TCU, but I don't know. Where do you guys fall on that? Ah, yeah, that's tough because, like you said, TCU is a super tough matchup. And But Texas has been, like, super good on Oach, too, which is scary. But I feel like we should have won at Texas without a bank three going in. And then at Allen, we probably couldn't have played worse, and we ended up finding a way. So it's like – and they lost that big, which he's not amazing, but I feel like they're not as deep. And we did a super good job on Timmy Allen yesterday, by the way, too. But – yeah. I would say Texas has more talent, better coach, obviously, but that TCU matchup is just – A-B? This, this one's easier for me, and I'm going to use a logic that you use often, Ryan. The close your eyes and picture it. Can you close your eyes and picture Jamie Dixon and TCU in the Big 12 title game on Saturday? 
No, <laughs> I but I can. That. I can close my eyes and picture Chris Beard in Texas because they've been there. Before. I love it. Like God. So yeah, I, that, I'd that's much the answer. Like DCU. It's the answer. Take the analysis out of it. Take take mm-hmm. matchups out of it. That's the answer. Jamie Dixon is not making a uh, conference championship game, so he'll probably, unfortunately, that probably the that logic leads you to believe that Chris Beard's probably just going to beat him in that uh, quarterfinal game. But, uh, yeah, Chris Beard's obviously, I don't care what his team is, who he's got on his roster, what time of the year, he's still just, he. you're a little scared to play Chris Beard. The guy's a stud. Um, his team's play such good defense. And, uh, yeah. Feels like they're always I, uh, around this time, too. You know who's who's kind of like not peaking and is sneaky been really bad is Texas Tech. And I think a few weeks ago it was like we want to see Texas Tech and Kansas in the Big 12 title game but like not me. I want Baylor KU so bad. The buzz that would be inside T-Mobile Sprint Center whatever you want to call it, it would be incredible. What are you saying, AB? What are you Hard- what are these it sounds like you care more about a good atmosphere in the Big 12 championship game than a one seed. I mean, obviously, you probably think we beat Baylor. but If, if we Baylor, beat Baylor, if, we will get the one seed. Right, but if we lose to Baylor, I don't know if we do. Oh, yeah. If, I'm, I've told if, myself we have to win the Big 12 tournament to get right, the one seed. But my point is, is if we if Baylor loses to Texas, or I'm not, I'm sorry, Texas Tech, and we play Texas Tech in the final, A, it's probably an easier game. B, we're still going to wind up the one seed if we win. Because Baylor lost in the semis, they're not going to be over us still. We might even still be a one seed if we lose that game to Texas Tech. You know why I want Baylor? I've told you this. I want that big-time elite win that gets national talk. And if you beat Baylor in Kansas City to win the Big 12 tournament, you're going in as March as a feared team. And I don't think this team's been feared once this year. But I think beating Baylor... um, they were we we shared the title. We gotta beat Baylor. We shared the title with them. Mm-hmm. We got it's this this is KU Texas. This is KU Texas Rick Barnes. Like if we lose, we lose. But I want it. I want it to happen. And uh, I think it will. I think that is what we're gonna see. It seems chalky, but I think it's gonna be ugly, but I think we'll get there and I think they'll get there and it'll be it'll be great atmosphere. It'll be fun time. So you guys want an upset alert from me? Yeah. I'm trying to find the bracket to make sure I'm not wrong on this. Who's the sixth <laughs> seed? Oh, I got it. Okay. Give me give me the clones over tech. It's Thursday. very possible. They tech take over that. that stadium. And I mean, it's not like <sighs> Iowa State's great, that. but they they're I mean, their fans probably the last oh, two years be have been begging for a vacation. And we know <laughs> this is their number one vacation spot every year. So they're gonna fill up Sprint Center, T Mobile Center, AT and T Center, whatever the hell we're calling it nowadays. And uh, yeah. yeah, give me the clones on Thursday night against Tech. Did you guys get your hopes up a ton yesterday? Oh, I did. Um, with I didn't State winning, or were you kind of into the UNC game more? And also, I, a, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings watching both, so I was like very locked in. Like, I was like at a restaurant, and I was and, like facing the Duke UNC game, and the Baylor game was on behind me. And like the only TV I could see was Duke UNC. I didn't even realize it was a close game until I turned around with like three minutes left. Because I saw I mean, it wasn't Baylor up by like twenty with the first. It was five twenty-seven minutes. to four. Yeah, so I just yeah. kind of thought that game was over and didn't yeah. have my eyes on it at all. I was doing other stuff, and then yeah, kind of um, caught me by surprise when it was a close game. Yeah, my other question is, I know this might sound stupid, but it's like, how much did you guys really care to win it outright? Like, obviously, you want to, but it's like, I feel like we talk about the streak and how into that we were. Like, that was 
living and dying by other teams losing and us winning things like that. Like once we won, it was like, I didn't even really, I mean, once it was close, the Baylor game was close. I was into it, but it's like, I don't really care as much about even winning the big 12. Obviously you want natties and stuff and it's cool to win the league, but. I thought, I thought Bill had a perfect quote. He's like, look, we just celebrate on the court. We got hats, we got t-shirts, we got our trophy, we got our rings ready. Like, you can't take that away. Like the fact that we got to sit there at Allen Fieldhouse and watch that team celebrate, and that team got to celebrate in the locker room together, call themselves Big Twelve top champions. Like, who cares? Like Baylor did the same thing. I get that. Both teams deserve praise. Like they split. They both won a lot of big games. They played a gauntlet of a Big Twelve schedule. I don't care. It's fun to say you're Big 12 champions and those guys earned it. So I, it would have been funny if we had all those meltdowns all week about losing the conference and then Baylor, we win it outright anyways. But uh, yeah, it really did not change how I felt at all about the day yesterday. So, all right. You guys got anything else before we head into uh, the old Big 12 tournament? Um, Come out and see us on Thursday. Yeah. Tyshawn, 100% going to be in the building. Yeah. Kind of nervous to say that, but he will be there. Sharon <laughs> should be there. So it's like, come interact with those dudes, KU legends. Um, yeah. And then we're obviously going to be talking about the Hawks. So come hang out with us. I think it's going to be an awesome weekend in KC. Hopefully we at least make the finals. And I mean, KU Baylor to get, get a one seed would be electric stuff. Like, cause so good. Auburn, you would think Auburn or Kentucky is going to win the SEC tournament. So one of those teams should be a one. Yeah. I don't know. It's just going to be obviously a super fun weekend. And then selection Sunday on Sunday. And we'll 100% record right after that. Yeah. Yeah. So just one other legend. thing yeah. before you finish up. I know we're not talking much bracketology, but I just want to share this potential region that was tweeted out earlier by Lenardi. Uh, KU as a one seed, Wisconsin as a two seed, Tennessee as a three seed, Providence as a four seed. If that is our bracket, I mean, we should all be ecstatic. That's about as yeah. easy as a one through four you can get. I know Tennessee, we talked about Tennessee's them a little bit earlier. Good. They're good. But Wisconsin is your two, Providence is your four. I mean, Providence is like 40th in Ken Palm. If that's your sweet yeah. 16 game, even if it's Signed. not, they're probably getting the 12 seed might come through. Just, just hope yeah. for that little teaser yeah. for next weekend. Someone, Sign me up. Someone made this point earlier, and I don't know how you guys feel, but it's like I feel like a lot of the four or fives are kind of sketchy, and like the three seeds are like super solid. So I yeah. still like everyone says there's not that big of a difference between one and two seeds, but being a one and potentially playing a four or five, or if the four and fives are sketchy, they probably might not even make it to the Sweet Sixteen. So yeah, being a one, I'm all in on a one. Yeah. Also, Christian Brown. Last five games, guess what he is from three, percentage-wise? 54%. 57%. 69 which is not Hey, <laughs> he is shooting nice. more. That's what we asked for. 11 for 16 from three, last three games. He's been knocked down, and he's got to shoot more. Got to shoot you. more. Well, that's a great note, a nice note to end it on. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, good episode. I had a lot of fun this episode. I'm so pumped yeah. to quote the great John Rothstein this is March and uh, we're we're excited. It's going to be a great great week, great couple weeks, and uh, oh, he's such a we will, we will uh, see you guys on Thursday. That's it. Drop shot.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.